0: All right, welcome to Off the Court, presented by Point Guard U. Today we are joined by Eric Gaff. He is the St. Joe's Boys Varsity Basketball Coach, entering his third year. Uh, Prior to coaching, he played uh, professional basketball overseas. Uh, Prior to that, played at Grace College, where you recently were inducted to the Hall of Fame. So congratulations, by the way, on that. Um, We're super pumped to have you on. Eric, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you having me. You must be hitting the bottom of the barrel if you're calling me for guests, but uh, I'm (laughs) glad to be here. Excited to talk. We are uh, super pumped to have you. We are lucky enough to have you at camp this summer, the past two summers, or actually this is the first summer, um, at our camp in South Bend, Indiana. Um, And hopefully we get you back for many years. It was an absolute pleasure having you. The kids loved you, looked up to you. Um, Super pumped to have you on. We'll kind of get right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey in basketball um, from your high school days playing at Concord to playing overseas um, to where you're at now coaching at St. Joe's?
1: Sure. Uh, so I started out uh, playing uh, high school not too far from where we're at right now uh, at Concord High School and uh, wasn't the most uh, highly sought after player. Uh, I grew late, so I was a little runt. And then in between my junior and senior year, I grew eight or nine inches and uh, kind of went from like a average guard to a center uh, kind of in a couple months. Um, and so I was just kind of learning the game differently. And, and, uh, I kind of took the heart. I was told if you do small things, well, people will notice. So, you know, rebounding, defending, um, your attitude and effort and all that. So I did a lot of that and was able to get a scholarship to grace college, which is a NAI school, um, here in Indiana. And, and, uh, I went there and, and, uh, just really loved the coaching staff and, and, uh, they did a great job of kind of leading me and showing me the way to get better, Um, and then I was just kind of really driven. I want to be the kind of the best I could be. And uh, I kind of took everything personally, you know, even if a coach was like, Hey, you had a pretty good day today, like pretty good. Um, and then keep pushing myself there. So, um, I was a grace, had a lot of good coaches, uh, you know, it was like a fortunate, my head coach's daughter married a guy that played at Marquette and, uh, he's a big dude. I think he was like six eleven looked like a refrigerator. And, uh, you know, he kind of asked me how good you want to be. And I told him I want to be the best. And so he said, all right, well, let's work out. And uh, he kind of showed me the ins and outs of a post player. And he actually, uh, in my college is when the game started to change, where, you know, stretch fours became a thing and, and fives are allowed to shoot out past eight feet were becoming a thing. And and uh, he was one of the first guys, like, you got to learn how to shoot better. Like you got to be able to shoot the ball consistently at, at range um, and then had a really good career at, at Grace. Um, we kind of got a few people contacting me, asking if I want to play overseas. And uh, that kind of been a dream of mine and, and was able to realize that and did uh, several years overseas and uh, really loved it. Anyone that's got the opportunity, I highly recommend it. Um, and then I was over there, you know, learn how to be a professional and understand that, like, now it's expected to be on you. Um, your workouts are on you. Everything's on you. Um, which is a bit of a learning curve, you know, in college and high school, you have someone barking at you and overseas, like, Well, did you do it? And you're like, Oh, well, I was tired today or whatever. So learning the ropes and, and uh, learning the ins and outs and becoming a student of the game even more. So, so you learn, you know, how to read coverages and and pick apart defenses and scout players on the fly. So, you know, like, Oh man, he's going right heavily. If he goes right, it's a right-handed hook or it's a right-handed pull up. And, you know, so you can become a better defender. So, all those things culminated as I ended the near the end of my career, you know, knowing that I wanted to stay in the game and I wanted to coach. You know, started talking to coaches over there um, and asking them about their journey, asking them, you know, what I needed to do to become a, a better coach, and and uh, just followed through what they told me. And I was lucky enough to get on staff as an assistant here at St. Joe and under a really really legendary high school coach in the area and learn from him, and and then was able to take over. And now
0: I'm just trying to learn one day at a time and get a little better each day. I love that. You know, so transitioning from a player to a coach is a pretty significant step. Um, but I think, you know, having talked to you before, I think that you find some identity in your background uh, that, you know, carries over into your coaching. Can you kind of speak to how, um, you know, being a player and being a player at a high level, you know, helps you as a coach?
1: Well, I mean, you hear the term, like he's a player's coach. Um which is always good to hear if your or, or kids say he's a player's coach is great, um, which I hope I am that. But I think more importantly, um, one of the things I learned is just about building relationships. And I've played for a lot of coaches who had different styles and, um, you know, just picking and choosing the right style. Uh, working with uh, high school kids has its own challenges. And, uh, you know, learning about, you know, some kids, like, they need to get chewed out. Like, that's how they respond. Other kids, they need a pat on the back and arm around, you know, tell them they're they're okay and, look, you know, hey, just fix these things. Um, so, I think playing for those different coaches and going, like, wow, that really worked well, you know, the way that coach spoke to us. You know, he didn't talk down to us. Um, one of the last coaches I played for was really good about incorporating the players into, like, practice planning and scouting and, you know, because that, uh, you know, when I walk through practice, I go around and talk to all my guys. Hey, what you think about last night? And you know what? When you hear, you go, Hey, what you think about that drill we just did? And you talk to 12 guys and seven of them go, Man, that drill sucked. I didn't like it. You know, well, then that's something I should listen to. And did it suck because the drill wasn't good or because we're not good at the drill? And, and, uh, so things like that have really helped me, I think, make a team and a culture that is player driven. And, um, ultimately that's why we want. we want to make players better and give them all the opportunities to be as successful as possible.
0: I love that. So, I mean, and you kind of touched on my, the next thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, you're big on player led leadership and instilling life skills into your players. I know you touched a little bit on, on how you go about that player led leadership, you know, involving kids in decision-making process plan practice planning. Can you speak to what that may look like um, even just bigger picture, you know, how do you get, boys to become grown men and help them off the court instilling those life values man you find that answer you're going to write a book and make a lot of money Um, a lot of trial and error you know
1: sometimes i have these great ideas and we put it into practice and it blows up in our face Um, but you know the one thing is is really working on communication Um, you know both ways we need to communicate to the guys what we expect um, our standards our values and then holding them accountable and then vice versa, guys got to come back and talk to us. So we we do little things like guys aren't allowed to leave until they come and say goodbye to the coaching staff. So we finish practice, they have a routine, they clean up a lot of the locker, they shower. And then before they leave, we'll sit here in our office and coaches are in here. We're talking about how practice went or what we want to do tomorrow. They come in. It's a great time to get a look at the guy, make sure that, you know what, they've, if they got chewed on, that they've responded or if they're down or if something's wrong, Um, And then building that relationship where they're able to talk to us, Um, you know, because as you get older in this world and you don't really work in teams anymore, you know, you miss out on that that opportunity to share with one another what's going on. So trying to build in that communication aspect, it's okay to reach out if you're having a hard day or they're having a great day. Just want to tell someone, hey, man, life went well today. Um, So, you know, we do little things like that to build communication standards. Um, And then outside that, we also Um, as far as like leadership goes, we want to try and put them as many opportunities where they have to make decisions and then the consequence of the decision then we live with. And if it's bad, we'll sit down and either if it's on film or if it's something happened outside of, you know, maybe it's grades related, we'll sit down and talk to them. All right, well, Hey, this was your decision. This is how it planned out or paid or, uh, laid out for us. You know, what do we, what do we think? And I'll let them kind of work their way through it. Um, and then trusting your guys. Um, we have a really great group of guys, um, and they do a good job responding and and, uh, taking ownership. And, you know, you've been around teams. I don't care how great the coach is. He can't get on the floor and make it happen. So we want to make sure our guys understand that when we say player led, we need you to make decisions for us under pressure in the heat of the moment. And so as many times as we can get them in those positions in practice, in the classroom and in life we believe that that'll lead them into a more successful
0: life, you know,
1: in college or in the workforce.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think, I think you're spot on. I think you you kind of touched on this too, as well. Like, can you speak to the role that you believe sports plays in, you know, shaping character, instilling discipline into these athletes? Can you kind of speak to, um, to that? Yeah. um,
1: I think, you know, number one, Uh, sports, you know, whatever sport you're in does a great job of revealing uh, a person's character. And that's not mine. I think that was John Wooden that said that, um, fact check me later. Um, but I think as a player, now as a coach, man, it stands out the kind of person you are and, uh, when, you know, players have attitude problems, it's so glaring on the court and that's something that you can address. And usually if we have an attitude problem on the court, if you go talk to the teachers, they'll say that that player has an attitude problem in the class. And so it's a great opportunity to work on it in a, in a setting that doesn't have great repercussions, um, you know, outside of the game. But if you solve it, it has huge repercussions in life form. Um, I don't think you can talk to a single person that's played any kind of sport that can't say that the man that made them a better person. Uh, So I think, and, you know, my world's basketball. I think it's one of the best tools going around that we can impact our future and our uh, community
0: members. 100%. Yeah, you hear that a lot too, like even like, you know, basketball, football, like those dog days of summer conditioning and, the, yeah. you know, the, the teamwork, the brotherhood that comes from shared suffering. Um, and, you know, I think it's good too. A lot of times that kids don't, who might not have, you know, that authority figure in their life. Uh, a lot of times, you know, as a coach, you become dad, you become boss, you, you know, their first boss, their first. Um, so I think, you know, organized sport in that sense is so important. Um, and I think it's overlooked by a lot of people just because they just see athletics and they just assume it's just for the game. But I think there's, like you said, um, anyone who's ever played sport has, could tell you that they've became a better person for it. Yeah. Um, You know, Kind of speaking on the sports, I'm I'm curious to know your take on the importance of multi-sport athletes and where you see that um, with the kids you deal with. Do you find it important um, for kids to be involved in multiple sports, or do you find that to not make as much of a difference?
1: It's a loaded question, because as a basketball coach, I want my guys in the gym as much as possible, but it's wonderful for kids athletically to play different sports because it challenges them differently football has different requirements and challenges than basketball and baseball has different requirements and challenges than basketball and football so I think it's wonderful for guys to play multiple sports uh, we have quite a few multi-sport athletes on our on our roster um and I think it's good because they get under different leadership you know I'm, I'm close with our football coach here and his style of leadership is different than mine and I don't think either one is wrong but it's great for kids to be under different kinds of leadership and see different ways um, to try and get to a successful status in a sports world. Um, I think it gives them just like I talked about, I played under a lot of different coaches. You kind of get to be able to pick and choose. And I really like the way that coach does X better than the way coach Gaff does it. And that's something that they'll remember and carry on with them as they go into life. So I think it's great for them as a life lesson. I think it's great for them as a athletic and physical fitness lesson. Um, and it helps us because, you know, when a, a player comes in off football season, they have a different mentality and, uh, it might mean they're following nine times every practice, but that's okay. Like we love the aggressiveness and we can work with that better than the alternative. And we hope that when we send guys after our season's over into the, the spring sports, we hope that they show up with the culture and the aggressiveness that we've instilled in them. And that carries over and all of a build builds a school-wide culture, which I think is massively important.
0: Awesome what advice would you give and I, I love asking this question to coaches because I think it shows a lot of their uh, coaching personality and what they actually value and I think it's helpful keeping in mind our audience we have of you know high school athletes and parents of high school athletes across the country um, you know what do you say to a kid who's maybe feels like they're on the outside looking in they're trying to fight for more playing time uh, they want to get on the court they maybe feel like they're trying everything they can to get on the court, what advice do you have for a kid? Maybe I'll paint the picture, a sophomore at St. Joe's, who's, you know, wanting to see the court a little more. What do you hope to see from a kid like that? Our typical, we get this
1: question a lot, right? We get, you know, we just put our teams together. So we just made cuts and kids come up, you know, how can I get more shots? How can I get on them form? Them? And if your first question is, how can I get more shots? I'm probably not going to listen to you very much after that. Um, you know, we, we tell our guys is, man, we need people that are willing to shine in the role that we assign. And I can speak from experience. I was never a star, you know, in high school. And uh, if you go back to my high school, a lot of people will go, you played where here? Like, they won't remember me, but that that's okay. My team was successful. Um, and so when we talk to guys, Hey man, like I got guys that can shoot. I don't have guys that love to defend, man. If you fall in love with defense, I can't take out for, it. Hey, I need someone that's going to rebound every time. I need someone that's going to cheer nonstop for their guys and communicate who's going to sprint the floor, who's going to get a guy off the ground immediately, who's going to bring a positive attitude. And it's those little things I think, I don't care who the coach is, where the coach is at, they will take that player over a star. And uh, I kind of believe that um, I'll take a player that makes a team great rather than a great player. And so we're always looking for guys that will make the team great um, that's a hard lesson, you know, it's a hard lesson for me to learn. It's a hard lesson for guys to learn when you go, Hey, I don't, don't need you to shoot 10 threes, but you know what I need you to do is, man, I need you to defend 84 feet every minute that you're on the floor. And That's not going to get into the, you know, the scorebook. That's not going to get you on ESPN number one or anything like that. But that might mean that we get to be one step closer to hanging a banner in our gym. Um, so we always tell them little things, you know, what's your attitude like, what's your effort like? How's your defense? How's your rebounding? What's your passing like? Scoring is easy to teach.
0: The rest is, I think, a lot harder. So, looking ahead, I love that answer, by the way. That's great. Looking ahead um, with the season right on the horizon, you start practices uh, next week or you've started practices this week? We're rolling. We've started. We're, we're rolling. Awesome. So, what are you looking forward? What are your goals for St. Joseph boys basketball team this year? So, I'm going to give a uh, Answer
1: I stole from someone else, but um, we want to be process oriented, not product or outcome based. Um, And what we mean by that is we want to put together a practice that builds from day to day. So we've had this, we're going into our third practice tonight, and today's practice got built on yesterday. So the communication we saw yesterday needs to build upon that. The passing and the spacing we saw in our offense needs to build and get better today. And then we believe that if we continue to do that, that process will lead to an outcome that we will like, you know, that might not mean we get a hang of banner this year, but it might mean that, Hey, we successfully, you know, season, our guys got better, our younger guys increased. And so next year, Hey, maybe that process will lead us again to something that's closer. And so for us, you know, I hate saying like, Hey, we got to win a sectional championship and a regional and, and we got to get down to state. Cause if we do, that's the only way we're successful. I think that's a bad way to look look at it. Um, we expect to just get better every day. And if we do that at the end, we'll be able to stand tall with our heads up no matter the final score of the final game. Um, it's hard to live that life, though, you know, because I hate losing. And, you know, sometimes practices don't go the way you want. You know, the ball doesn't roll the way you want in the game. And so you're walking out pissed off and upset. But then remind yourself that, hey, this is something that we're going to stick to and adhere to that, hey, Here's the mistakes we made. We're going to get better at those. We're going to work on that.
0: And this process will lead us to a place that we want to be. Well, I'll tell you what, we're excited to get to some St. Joe's games and uh, see you guys in action. Um, we'll, we'll wrap things up here. But how we end every podcast is we have a section called Full Court Press where we ask some quick hitting questions. So I'm going to fire off some questions for you. Hopefully you can kind of think quick on your feet. Um, you ready? Yes, sir. All right. I'll start give you an easy one to start. Favorite color? Red. Favorite cereal.
1: Uh lucky charms.
0: And now this next question, there is a right and wrong answer. If you're giving me a wrong answer, I'm kicking you off the podcast. Is okay. it milk before cereal or cereal before milk? Ludicrous question. It's always cereal then milk. Perfect. I, I just put that in there to make sure I'm not talking to a psycho. Um Fair. favorite movie. Uh Shawshank Redemption. Would you rather give up appetizers or desserts for the rest of your life? Uh, desserts. So that's it. Okay. So now I got to ask. I got to take a timeout. So you're a big appetizer guy, right? Yeah. Got to be. Buffalo wings. Are those a dessert or are those an entree? I mean, are those an appetizer or are those an entree? And what I mean by that, I'll I'll say this. When I order wings, I'm from upstate New York. So where buffalo wings are from, right? When I order wings, it's a main entree to me. But like when I think of it on the menu, like where I look for it, I'm going to look under appetizers. We've had some controversy in the office, some disagreement on this topic. Where are you putting, if you're building a menu, where are you putting buffalo wings? Under appetizers or It right. Have to be an entree. Okay. In my belief, if they're an
1: appetizer, they're probably small. They're probably not as good as I want. And so then I'm eating chicken nuggets. I'm ordering buffalo wings. I want wings,
0: and that's going to be what I'm eating for dinner. Love it. So you're team entree. Okay, next question. Best Gatorade color? Oh, that's uh, – uh, was it like uh, light blue? I'm team light blue as well. It's a good choice. Or even that uh, – like a good old yellow. I'd tear a yellow up. Best player you've ever played against? Uh, dude overseas by the name of Mike Mercer. Mike Mercer. I'll have to look him up. I
1: don't know. I think well, he was on just... one of the greatest AAU squads. I think he was on, like, the Lou
0: Williams. I think Dwight Howard, Josh Howard on that squad. We were just talking about that AAU squad yesterday. We had Alex Daniel in the office. We were just talking about that AAU squad. So, I think he was the two guard on their starting okay. lineup. I'm pretty sure. You
1: double check What's that. his name
0: again? Say his name one more time.
1: It's Mike Mercer.
0: Mike Mercer. All
1: right. Out of Georgia. Played for University of Georgia, I think, for two or three years. He was legit. He was tough, man. I, I haven't seen a player do that many times in my career. When we'll are looking him up? Loudest crowd you've ever played in front of? Played in front of? Man, I think uh, back in high school we played at Northside Gym. I think it seats just under 8,000, and it was about as close as sold out as it could get. I mean, it was that loudness that, like, rumbles inside your chest. So that was – a great experience and
0: still haunts me to this day. That's awesome. I love it. Well, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we're excited to see what St. Joe's does and, uh, we'll uh, begin to some of your games this year. Looking forward to it. I appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. Thanks.